0: This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 22.
1: This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence
0: and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Today on the show, I'm welcoming Rebecca Lombardo into the Ballers Circle. Rebecca, how are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. So Rebecca is the Director of Strategic Services for TRAX. Uh, She is someone that I've known for a very long time. She is uh, very plugged into the uh, social media world. And so, Rebecca, I'm really glad to have you on the show today because uh, handling uh, social media posting and understanding uh, what it takes to have a good... Uh, And robust and robust and effective social media strategy is so important for anyone uh, who is working online and especially anyone who is uh, having a business uh, primarily focused on getting, um, getting traction and selling products online. So uh, I'm really glad to have you here today. Um, I guess I wanted to give you an opportunity to add, uh, you know, any more to that introduction and to just let the baller circle know uh, more about yourself.
1: Well, thanks. I'm very glad to be here I appreciate the invitation. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the folks at tracks.com um, for uh, putting me in a position where I can work with some uh, nice enterprise-sized brands. Um, it's quite a, an interesting opportunity to, to get to see stuff happen at this level so really enjoying it.
0: Awesome. So Rebecca, I I want to take uh, a few steps back and um, talk about you know how did you first get introduced to social media and how did you learn uh, and get to the the level of um, you know the the level of knowledge that you currently have uh, to be able to help your clients.
1: So I first got introduced. Uh, to social media, and this is kind of a funny story, but I was on a reality show in <laughs> 2005 uh, with ABC. Um, you know, It wasn't anything super great, it was just like a makeover show, but they really encouraged us to um, build a brand as ourselves and to connect with fans of the show. And at the time that was done through Myspace. Um, so that just tells you how long ago that show was. Um, so that was my first intro to social about how um, like being on a show was seen by 5 million people and being able to have strangers um, react to you via social uh, was quite jarring. You know, it's a revolutionary experience. So that was kind of my introduction to it. And then um, from the business side, I, I went into uh, working for a company where I was helping clients who purchased social media software to actually um, execute their marketing plans through the software. Um, so it started with small businesses and then to mid-sized companies and now enterprise.
0: okay. so specifically what what did you did you ever take any uh, take any courses? Did you um, read any blogs or magazines or what what I guess what specifically were you doing to figure out like what's effective and what's not effective? how did what uh, how did you learn specifically?
1: So it helps that I'm a voracious reader um, because <laughs> Um, a lot of people were posting what was working for them, um, what wasn't working for them. Um, I was reading what other people were doing. I was actually watching other uh, companies execute their campaigns and making a note of what worked or didn't work. Um, I also think I had an advantage because I came at it from having like a journalism and magazine background. So I understood um, I understood that editorial was important, um, mm-hmm. And what I really liked about social media was that there was a level of transparency that was very similar to what you uh, used to see in the good days of journalism. There's a certain level of authenticity that had to be there in order for stuff to resonate and go viral. So I felt like I got that. I understood it, which I felt like gave me an advantage um, over, say, somebody who had a traditional marketing background who tried to get into social media and then um, nothing from their textbooks from college seemed to work. If you
0: know what I mean? Right. Okay. So with that, um, I, I'm thinking, you know, thinking about that person who is doesn't really know a lot about social media, they're trying to figure out where to get started. Um, from your perspective, and what you've seen being effective, what platforms uh, do you think are the key places where uh, you need to have a presence?
1: So it really depends on the audience you're trying to reach. If you are, or did I understand the question correctly? That if you're trying to get into a social media career or well, training so, corporate, so this
0: is so this is more focused on. Let's say you're 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 an entrepreneur, right? You want to create a brand for yourself, and for in 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 order to create that brand, you want to use social media to help out. As as you said that you know you kind of did yourself um when you were on the reality show you wanted to create a brand for yourself so someone in that position um what are the important platforms cuz i think you know nowadays there's there's so many platforms that are coming out every day i mean you know facebook and instagram and and pinterest and you know google plus and then you even have you know so many people using periscope and snapchat and so um i guess i'm i'm wondering uh, what are the platforms that you think are are kind of the 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 key ones that, um, are important to, uh, to be on.
1: So I I think that totally depends on who your prospective customers are and where your audience is. Um, I would always take it from an audience, audience first approach. So if you first identify that the people that you want to do business with are men and women between 30 and 60, um, that's where you start. So then you take that data and then I would go somewhere like the Pew um, research website and they've got, done a really good job of breaking down the demographics information. Um, so if you want to break it down even further into like um, ethnicity or something like that, um, they have some really good pieces of data there. And then based on that, then you can choose the social media platform that would be best for you. So it could be Facebook. Probably is Facebook if that's you know where you're headed. Um, Instagram's up there. Um, it, yeah, it just depends on what target audience you're trying to reach. I think. Okay. Um, and then I I think I would choose. I mean, they say to choose two um, for an entrepreneur. That might be a stretch. You might just have to go with one. If you can do one really well, then just do that one. Um, and then you know maybe do a second. One, maybe not so well. I, I can't imagine an entrepreneur would try to talk three. Um, the exception being Pinterest, because Pinterest is not a super time sensitive platform. Um, you can post content there at the beginning of the month and then check back on it at the end of the month. Um, whereas Twitter is something where it's like, if you're going to commit to that, you better be available at all hours of the day.
0: Hmm. So that's interesting. So I've heard, so this is the thing I've heard so many different things about, like if you're going to be on Twitter, um, how often you need to be on there, how many times a day you need to post. What's your opinion on that? Because I mean, being on there all day, that sounds like a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. I think the the reason they say that about Twitter is because it's a real time machine. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when news breaks, that's where people turn um, to, to get the scoop on what's happening. Um, If somebody reaches out to you on Twitter, if you say you have a presence there, you're publishing, someone reaches out to you, um, it's kind of like a text message. Um, that's kind of actually how they designed it. Um, that's why the the character length is so short. It was you know originally designed to be thought of that way. So the expectancy there is the same. Like if you get a text message and you don't respond for a week, doesn't that seem like forever to respond to a text message?
0: Right, right. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. So yeah, so think of Twitter kind of in the same way.
0: Okay. So when you're saying like real time like, – so let's say someone posts something something on my Twitter page, and I don't respond. Do I need to respond like immediately, or can I respond that day? What's your What's your recommendation for response time?
1: So if you're in the for Twitter, if you're in the middle of a like a tweet chat or a live event, you've got to respond right away. If mm-hmm. it's something where it's it's not related to an event, then um, within a day or two is normal. Okay,
0: and uh, for for just a content uh posting strategy what what are your recommendations there
1: multiple times a day for twitter if possible um but don't sacrifice quality um so if you can only do one quality post a day that's that's better than three not so high quality posts
0: okay so the 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 idea that a lot of people i've i've heard have suggested is um you know, sharing, I guess it depends on what your strategy is, but like sharing some content from, you know, other people that are useful and then uh, also sharing content that you've created. Um, so it's not just, you know, only your voice. Um, do you agree with that strategy or, or do you have a different approach?
1: Um, well, you know, I, I think it's a good approach to be diverse. Uh, if you want to build thought leadership, um, sharing uh, articles that you've read from other sources is a good idea. Um, some industries are actually very restricted here. You know, if you're in like the financial advisory industry, maybe you know you legally can't share other pieces of content. Um, so it, yeah, it really depends on your strategy. But if you if you have a nice balance between sharing other pe- people's content, sharing some of your content that's original, and then some posts being you know live of the moment then I think you've got a nice well-rounded blend of content.
0: Okay. And for getting engagement, getting people to actually, you know, respond to you and and send you something that you can actually engage with them. uh, How, you know, what are your suggestions for that? How do you get people to actually want to engage with you?
1: Photo captions. So you post a photo and ask your fans to caption the photo. And then, you know, Another idea is just to put yourself out there as an expert in X, you know, whatever it is you do, and just say, how can I help you today? Is there anybody out there that is struggling with um, the ins and outs of social media marketing? Is there there any question you can't answer that I could help you with today? Um, I have seen those uh, types of posts from from thought leaders, and it's great. It's very um, heartwarming to see those.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Um so let's so to get a little personal um what excites you about social media why why focus on this um with your career as opposed to something else
1: Um so that's really funny I I actually kind of have a love hate relationship with social media <laughs> um love hate in particular with Facebook but um I think I think it's because I have always seen myself as a storyteller um and I I love writing but I I'm not um just writing I also love photography and I think what social media has done is given me both professionally and personally the ability to to craft storytelling in multiple ways uh which I love doing.
0: Okay. Huh. Interesting. So when you come up with a uh with a story do you have a format that you use any sort of like either either physical or mental template um for uh, for crafting stories, that you think is effective,
1: yeah, it, it it's um stories are interesting because they tell you or show you something that you didn't expect to see or hear, hmm. and I I think that's. I think that's the one thing I stick with with this. It's like, am I about to show something unexpected? Am I about to take somebody on a fun little trip? And it could be a very short trip at 140 characters. It could be, you know, a a 2,500-word white paper. Um, But am I giving them something unexpected?
0: Right. Okay. I like that. So kind of talking about the unexpected, I think one of the things that's that's hard to... uh, you know, have, have a good expectation for is what's going to happen with social media, like what, what changes are going to come and what new platforms are going to come out. How do you stay up to date, uh, with, you know, strategies and also new platforms?
1: So there's a couple of, uh, you know, sources I follow, um, uh, like John Loomer, I think it is. Um, I subscribed to his emails about Facebook, um, he's a good thought leader in that space. Uh, Jeff Bullas, forgive me if I'm murdering the last name, but it's like B-U-L-L-A-S, I believe. <clears throat> he's constantly tweeting good stuff. Um, I read Mashable all the time. Um, there are a lot of different influencers that are sharing the latest and greatest, and and I try to to jump in on that. Um, and then there are you know clients that I'm working with right now who are basically introducing new products into territories where that's never happened before. So I'm getting to be on the front lines there and, um, I'll be blogging about all this stuff on track's website. Okay. It's exciting. So
0: do you, do you, what what, what mistakes do you see people making on social media? What are the, <laughs> those, so those is, deadly yeah. things that you need to avoid?
1: So this is really funny too, because you know, when you asked earlier about why I'm doing this, it's kind of like, well, I see so many people doing it wrong. <laughs> 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 um, So, yeah, so my favorite story is about the Amy's Baking Company. Um, She uh, was on the the Ramsey's Kitchen show, and um, she got a lot of blowback um, because of her personality, and um, she wasn't wasn't seen as being that friendly. Um, That wasn't the problem. Um, The problem happened when... People were posting native things on her Facebook page. And she posted back, like in all caps, all day long, um, very negative reactions to those posts. Mm-hmm. And to, and if you believe it or not, like that's actually not the worst part of what happened. In my opinion, the worst part of what happened is when she came back the next day and said, my account was hacked. Um, that was the worst. That oh, really?
0: Worst.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When it was clearly not hacked. Um so if you remember earlier I mentioned, you know, on social media the the level of authenticity and integrity being there like that's that's why that in my opinion that was the worst thing that could have happened. Like everybody has a bad day, right? Like you could right. blow up and that's human. I mean you shouldn't, but you know it happens. It's it's coming back and saying my account was hacked. That's the low point. Like just don't do that. You know, you have to be authentic, you have to be real or you can Never buy that back,
0: right, so instead of owning it, she tried to <laughs> come up with uh with a oh, scenario yeah. that would shift blame away from her right onto some mysterious hacker, okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does not sound like a good strategy to use i i've and I've heard so many people talk about you know different ways to deal with um you know haters on social media, do you block them do you you know, respond at all? Do You just ignore them. Um, I guess for you, let's say you were doing, you know, something live, or or even like there were, you know, people posting negative comments. Um, what was? What, what are your suggestions for that? Do you ignore them? Do you respond positively? Like, how, how do you handle it?
1: No, it's a good question. Um, so there's kind of a a, a textbook rule for this um, in the social media world, and that's um, it refers to your digital footprint. So you should never just ignore something unless it's clearly like spam or crazy person but if there's a legitimate complaint you know or, or someone's upset um the basic rule of thumb is to respond back one time saying you know i, I acknowledge how, that you feel this way thank you for reaching out and then do something to take it offline in the sense of offer your, your personal email address not like a generic one or offer your phone number for that person to reach out out so that you can finish the conversation, but not end up in a very long back and forth online.
0: Okay. Huh. I like that. So basically take the whole, (laughs) take the whole thing offline. And I I assume, you know, part of that is, uh, so that anything that is said is not, (laughs) um, tracked on your social media account. Is that, is that part of the strategy?
1: It could be, but I mean, From my understanding, like nine times out of 10, those situations are very customized. So it's not like post, it's not like a forum where like, does anyone else have a problem downloading Firefox? It's like, it's not like that. It's like, it's a very customized personal problem with a very unique situation where posting a public response is not going to benefit anybody except for the person complaining. So, so that's more of the thought along that. Uh, That makes sense.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't involve anyone else. So we'll yeah, and this is a personal thing. So we'll take this offline. Okay, right. I got that. So what if it's what if it's an attack that is more, um, you know, general, and people are trying to like rally other, you know, individuals on there to to their their cause.
1: I mean, they're gonna. So what will probably happen? is they would post back so you would post you know email me or call me so we can so i can help you with this and then they're going to post again complaining and then you just don't respond because you've already responded with your email address okay and then they're going to respond again and then they just they decredit themselves by continually posting after you've already offered to help them
0: okay okay so once you once you do that initial response and you just allow them to (laughs) say whatever they want to say and just and leave it alone
1: yeah, I mean, if it, and if it gets to be like it's not, not family friendly content anymore, if you know what I mean, then I, I can see taking that down or whatever.
0: Okay. So, in in terms of uh, you know blocking people or anything like that, is that is that ever advisable?
1: Um, it's not advisable, in from a general sense, no. Okay. Um. Unless it appears to be like, like if someone's posting foul language or um, or something like that, you know, that makes sense. Um, but blocking people as a relationship development tool is not a good idea.
0: Right? Okay. So let's let's take a quick pivot and um, talk kind of about social media from a you know personal exposure standpoint. I know a lot of people are concerned about being on social media and, you know, having too much of their personal life uh available to the world. Um is that is that a necessary evil? Is that just something that in order to be on social media and to be authentic, you just have to be willing to do? Um what what are your thoughts on on that sort of, you know, being being authentic and letting people in on your life but and also trying to be private?
1: Um I think just because you have an Instagram account doesn't mean you have to take pictures of everything that you see during the day. Um, I think if you think of it more um, in terms of sharing what's consistent with almost like you as a brand, like what is your personality? What is your brand? What are your followers interested in? Why are you connecting What's that one common thing that connects you with your followers and, and just post that, then you automatically remove, you know, any of the, uh, TMI situations from the picture.
0: Uh, okay. Um, so when it comes to, let's say, uh, sharing personal content, are there any things, are there any boundaries that you think are, um, dangerous to cross? Like sharing too much stuff, posting pictures of your kids or something? I don't know. Is there anything that you, I guess, personally think like this is a, this is too far?
1: So, I think if you were always asking yourself before you post something why are why are they following me and and does this deepen our relationship or connect our relationship even more, or is it tangential to our relationship and if it's tangential, then I just wouldn't post it um if it's something where you can deepen the relationship by sharing it, you know then it's probably okay, okay,
0: all right have you had any um uh, personal experiences on social media that um I guess have one been really really positive and um really helped you have a better understanding for um the the need to you know really connect and share something relatable with your audience and then on the on the flip side of that um and and a situation in which um you know, you posted some content and realized that, you know, this this kind of missed the mark and no one no one cares.
1: Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think we all have um, uh, something that that was a, a nice, helpful thing for me uh, professionally and personally was um, Sean Gardner is a big influencer. And um, he interviewed me and, and 49 other Huffington Post bloggers to ask us what our definition of success is. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my quotes back to him on what I think success is, what success has been to me, um, it, he created a nice little meme out of it and shared it on Twitter. And I, um, it helped me pass the thousand follower mark on Twitter. I got tons of retweets. Um, several people commented that, that my, my quote inspired them, uh, personally and professionally. So that, that was a huge, like. Um, you know, just kind of warmed my heart moment on Twitter, um, where one of my quotes um, went viral, and it was it was nice to see that. Um, you know, there have been things that I post. I mean, I, the oversharing for me is like <laughs> commenting about an airline or you know, like stuff that like nobody really is is caring about. Um, I don't think I've ever accidentally shared too much because I'm so conscientious of everything that I publish. Right. Um, so like, I have an Instagram account, um, where I'll share stuff that, um, my husband cooks cause, um, he is an amazing chef. And then I have a private Facebook page where I share pictures of my kids. So, you know, I won't switch those two, you know, one goes in one column and one goes in the other. So, you know, the, for the people who are, um, you know, they have a, a professional life as a CMO or, or a business owner. Um, I, th- I think a lot of them have, you know, private pages, um, and then I think they also post um, as the personality of the person who owns the business um, through a different Twitter handle or or presence.
0: Okay. Uh, what's your opinion on all of the, uh, the live platforms? So, you know, Periscope and uh, even Facebook Live, and uh, do you think that that's uh, an important place to be right now? Um, what, what do you think
1: about that? So when... Periscope first started, and I think Meerkat too. Um, it it reminded me a lot of when Twitter first started, and it was kind of like anybody with a phone was suddenly, you know, broadcasting <laughs> stuff that was, you know, completely mundane. I think we've settled down a bit from that now, and um, I think the people who actually have really interesting content to share, or people who are um, really just influencers and they're just really talented at capturing a moment, um, I think they're the ones who have bubbled to the surface right now for for Periscope and and Facebook Live. Um, I know Facebook is investing a lot into Facebook Live, so they must clearly believe in it. Um, I think they, they see the analytics from their side for the amount of engagement on live video or just on video in general, and then live video being even more important. So the fact that Facebook has access to all of those analytics around video, and then they turned around and invested so much in Facebook Live tells me that that it is you know a trend we're looking at
0: okay do you see a lot of your clients using it
1: right now no um i don't see a lot of our clients but we don't have that many clients that are like uh broadcast kind of centric or or that kind of stuff right now
0: okay all right um so when you were you were talking before about that uh that success quote that went viral what was the quote
1: Um, I will have to find it. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a few years ago. So I don't, um, I can find it though.
0: Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good information. Uh, so when, when you're talking about, um, posting things on social media and, you know, having content that's valuable, do you have like a, a Twitter, uh, formula in any way? Like. To, to, to like those, you know, how do you write amazing headlines sort of stuff?
1: <laughs> um, I I have kind of a rule of thumb um, that I go by that's basically, again, from my kind of journalism days, but it's, so what? Um, you know, my editor used to ask me before I would pitch a story or, you know, when I was trying to get approval on a, a story to go after, it was always, so what? Hmm. Okay. So if if your if your idea your content can pass the so what test um so like imagine somebody standing there looking at you in the face and being like Yep, yeah, so what <laughs> and if it, if it passes that you're like well oh that is that is important then then go ahead and share it
0: right and if it doesn't pass the um, so what test then delete it
1: so I found the quote about success oh awesome. It is success means trying to get as close as possible to your full potential, not, not in terms of a position in your career, but as in who you are as a person.
0: Hmm. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, I think, um, defining success seems to be something that a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do. Cause I, I know, you know, immediately some of the, the things that people, um, you know kind of turn to or like how much money am I making and what kind of position do I have and whatever else. But then, you know, when you dig deeper and you figure out what actually is meaningful to you, usually those things aren't very meaningful. Um, I think, uh, and I think your quote, you know, definitely speaks to something that's more meaningful and not just, I guess something easy you could share with, uh, someone else that they may be impressed by. Um, so in developing that that success quote and having that that opinion of that, um, what do you think is important to focus on on that journey towards being successful, um, so that you can keep yourself motivated and not fall into, um, you know, those those pits of uh, despair when things don't work out?
1: Um, I'm not sure I'm the expert on avoiding. It's of despair. <laughs> I usually run into them myself sometimes, um, but I would say that um, you know, with anything, I, I really try to keep grounded in in who I am and just constantly, you know, keep myself in check with being authentic. And what are my ultimate, you know, ulterior motives and goals? Um, I've I've never really been good at like being a yes man. You know, I've always been more the kind of person who likes to shoot straight from the hip and tell people like it is. Um, and and I feel like if that's who I feel like I am, and I stay consistent with that, and you know, even when I blog for the company that I write, um, I don't just because I'm blogging for a company that I write doesn't mean I should leave that you know checked at the door. I should I should keep that with me. Um, but I've uh, I think I've found a balance between you know bringing my personal tone into my my content creation with social media for who I work with and, and leaving that, you know, aside. Um, I think if you can understand the difference between, you know, when you're a ghostwriter, you know, you're writing to fulfill the voice of, you know, whoever's name's on the cover. It's not you. Um, and if you think about it that way, if you're, you know, working for a company, it's, you know, it, it's got to align with your interests. So you have to be able to, to write about it and communicate it um, in an interesting way. Um but on the same hand, you know, you you still have your own kind of uh Pandora channel <laughs> that just you listen to and you know, that's not um maybe something that you share with everyone else.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. That makes sense. Um so for you when you uh ha- have there, have there ever been any moments where you know, you thought okay, the social media thing is is great but i kind of want to try something else uh, or have you always been kind of social media focused have you have you ever i guess gotten frustrated with social media and just like i'm just i'm done with it i don't want to do this anymore
1: um every time i i'm going to use a movie quote here every time i think i'm out they pull me back in <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, um, you you try to escape the world i <laughs> try
1: escape. I tried. <laughs> I didn't make it very far.
0: I see. Okay. What um I don't know, are you are you comfortable sharing like what happened? Like why why you um why you wanted to escape and and how you got pulled back in?
1: I don't know that it's that I wanted to escape. I think I just wanted to um you know, I wanted to stay connected with my digital marketing background because I feel like you know, there's like four or five different elements that go into digital marketing um and you can't know one without at least having a somewhat good understanding about the other. So, like, being in social media, you also need to understand um, SEO. And, you know, being in email marketing, like, you also need to understand content marketing. So I I didn't want to focus so much on social media that I lost touch with those other things as they evolved. Um, But, oh, and, and also, like, going into, you know, like, creative campaigns, you know, I worked for an agency for a little bit and that was, you know, you know, I, I, love doing that. That's a big passion point for me. Um, so I, I think, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to escape social media. I was just wanting to stay in touch with all of these other touch points and, um, maximize my creative potential to its fullest. Um, I think what I'm doing now is I'm able to do all of those things, um, with still having social media at the core.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I like that. Uh, you know, Rebecca, you've provided some really, uh, really good, insightful information. Uh, definitely some I've been taking notes. <laughs> definitely some things that I'll I'll be implementing into my social media strategy. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, so before we close out, uh, I wanted to to uh, to ask you, how can the baller circle get in touch with you and learn more about the kind of work you do?
1: Sure. So um, my personal Twitter handle is a great way to, to interact with me at um, MediaChick76. Um, it's M-E-D-I-A chick, C-H-I-C-K 76. That's um, my Twitter handle. Um, it's also my Pinterest handle. Um, and um, I'm also doing a lot with the social media platform here for Tracks. So that's at Tracks. It's T-R-A-C-X.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Rebecca. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.